Hi, welcome back to our podcast, Well For You. Here today I have Carl Turner, an entrepreneur from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and old Wake Forest alone. I'm glad to have you back on the show, Carl, and hope to get some insights today. Thanks, Gabriel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so to start, I would like to ask, actually ask you how your entrepreneurship uh, journey started, if you could share that a bit with us, and how did you get where you are right now and what was your challenges and your forthcomings and what you learned the most? Sure. Well, this will take some while, but I'll try to make it quick. Um, well, I think my journey started, you know, when I was when I was pretty young, I did entrepreneurial things here and there, I started a small business, you know, like things to, to get some more pocket money, nothing serious, but always did things here and there. Um, and when I came to, to Wake Forest, I, I actually went more on a consulting track. So I, you know, I was really interested in consulting and corporate America, did some internships in this world, but eventually was, well, I kind of really want to start something. And if I'm in consulting and every consultant I'm with always tells how they eventually want to start something, well, why don't I just fast track that and start something myself earlier? And so one of the things that I did to, you know, kind of, to kind of, what was part of the journey was I shadowed a bunch of entrepreneurs back Germany, like or interned with them, and doing my last summer in Wake Forest, so my summer after junior year. And I think what I, you know, what, it, it really showed me that in the end, what all of the people I interned with or, or I shadowed, what what combined them was that they all just worked very hard, were hyper optimistic, um, but that's pretty much it, right? So it was like for me a little bit eye open up. It's not that hard to be an entrepreneur in theory. I mean, you just need a work hard, need to repeat, repeat and stand up every day. Um, even if, you know, you had a bunch of failures and that then kind of leads. So if we then continue the story that I, I, went, I then went, then went abroad to Shanghai, my first semester senior year. And that's where I was really fascinated by the delivery infrastructure. That start made me looking how cool is it, how fast and how cheap I can get things delivered here, which was not true for Europe or the United States. And so that made me look into the market and made me like, can I do something here? Can we replicate that experience I have in Shanghai? Can I bring that to the US? And my initial idea was actually peer-to-peer -peer delivery network on university campuses, um, which, um, but you know, higher education tends to be slower, larger players in the industry tends to be slower. So then that entire thing morphed into one idea, which called Neighbors, which was a Tinder for food, which I actually launched in Winston-Salem, was like a handful of restaurants, but didn't have the traction I need. And then this pivoted into Swipeify, what Swipeify is today, right? Basically turning drive-through anywhere, turning any restaurant into a virtual drive-through. And basically we are the platform that, you know, the inspiration was it actually was big box, like Walmart, Target, all of those guys having heavily invested in click and collect in already like 2017, 2016. And that was kind of, I saw the opportunity where we could be the platform for any restaurant. But so that's kind of, you know, that's the, that's the kind of journey it was always like to do my own thing kind of shadowed some people in terms of how do you actually do it found a market or a problem started working on that problem and then in the end solved a completely different problem but that kind of led me into into the industry that's super interesting to hear and i just like uh hearing what you just said right now how would you say that courage was tested how would you say the courage played a part in you just pivoting from first of all not going to this normal career track of like getting a job getting a salary going through the normal corporation and uh, after you realize that like actually to become an entrepreneur just like 
requires some skills but doesn't have anything that will require to have like a 10 year long experience beforehand how do you think that that played a role in like you moving forward as an entrepreneur and like giving up in a way this other uh, paths sure i mean i think for me it was i had one realization in college and i had it early on i just didn't act on it and just i mean you cannot fail in college so i would say courage to start your own business i mean i need i would argue if you're you know 30 40 50 have a family and kids and you drop everything you do to follow this idea you have huge courage if you are a college kid that wakes up every morning in a dorm goes to the pit at wake forest and goes to classes and then goes to bed anymore i mean i would not it's it's basically it's the easiest sandbox to start a business you cannot fail right worst case scenario you wake up in the same bed you go to the same food court you go to the same classes different again if you drop out because you know something but generally you only do that if things go well so you know even then it's it's the risk is is limited so again i, I more saw it as an opportunity i was more like look i'm i'm still have this one year here at wake um i really should use this that i can't fail in a way um and and try to get something off running and then see how it goes so i think that was you know that was one component um i think the other component in terms of in in my case you know i was really fortunate to have a supportive family so there was always i never had from home the thing you need to do this you need it and you know there's a lot of families who say kids need to become this or this is the career track you should do and i didn't have any of this so they were really supportive um um they helped you know with family and friends were the first investors in the thing which you know kept them paying some of my bills and so on um so i would say it was that and, and, and then but in the end it was you know it was also the realization that i think again the courage it's so much harder to start something when you are have a family when you have this you know stable life in a way or you you know you have been in a career for some time so it was almost more look let me try this now becoming going in corporate america doing consulting doing whatever like i can do that anytime later right and and it's not even a hole in my resume so yeah it was more just like if not if not do it now when then and then it was just a combination of look you can't really fail in college and i had to support a family that's good that's very great uh, what i noticed a lot as well there's a lot of like resilience as well in your story there's a lot of coming back and forth and pivoting from uh, an earlier idea and what you guys uh, saw as your first vision and then just completely changing that and not being blindsided for it. I'll, like my question for you is like how do you actually can like see this uh, hope uh, instead of optimism? How can you like actually be on top of it and be uh, in the same way trying to preserve the core values of your company but as well not trying to uh, impede innovation and growth? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think so. One of the things which is right, you always say entrepreneurs are hyper optimistic or have, you know, a lot of are, are looking in the future, seeing things that others don't see. I mean, maybe some, you know, an Elon Musk for sure and so on. I think in my course, it might be more than I'm a little ignorant and maybe even naive. Um, I mean, it, it's, you know, if, if I think back and, you know, that I like, this thought this would work out and you know put so much energy and if, if you look back you're like well obviously it didn't right so i think it's it's there is a there's a little trade here or or some people you know it's it, it helps if you have this you constantly believe this will work out and you constantly believe you have a plan and if you actually have a plan might you know i mean you should never lie to yourself but i think that that keeps you going and um so 
but if we if we bring that back to the question, I mean, I think resilience is super important, right? That's because you there's like especially you are your own motivator in the beginning, right? There is you don't have a boss, you don't have someone who tells you what to do every day, right? So if you decide to sleep in, well, you just slept in, and honestly, there are no big consequences besides that maybe something is not moving forward right now. So. I think you need to be, you know, really the hustle is real, the resilience is real, working hard is real, but having a healthiness of naiveness or ignorance in a way to all the risks or all the things that can go wrong, I think is is very important too. And you can, you could call that optimism, you can call that you being hyper positive, being always looking at the positive things of things, but you know, I mean, you just, it's, it's quite often once you start something, you will figure out how to do it. Um, it's really rarely that you would start something and have everything figured out. And if you always wait until you have everything figured out, well, you will not start something because it's impossible. You know, if you have the vision of, all right, I want to, um, you know, I want to build a house. You, you, you should have core pieces in place, but you will probably not have everything figured out day one when you have the idea. So at some point you just need to get going. And that's part of the process of figuring out and getting started. And then you just need to pull through, I think. But. Yeah, again, I, I think resilience and so on, but it's I partially, I think it's just being really optimistic. And then sometimes it doesn't feel like resilience or it doesn't feel even like hustle, right? Because you don't even see what you are resilience against because you just think everything is great. Very true. Would you have done anything differently now that you think about, oh, like, even though the resilience brought you here, do you think that perhaps some uh, uh, vivid optimism has caused you some blind sights in the past or has caused you to like take some more time and like only change through pain yeah i mean i generally you know no regrets and i'm like it's um it's it's you know well what can i do about it um i think well i need actually in, in my journey i don't really have a lot of things i would have done differently i mean you know, with all the insights and so on, should I have done the curbside thing just freshman year in college? Sure, but well, I didn't, I didn't have the idea, right? Um, so no, I, I don't think there's any, it's, look, there's a 10 million things where I could have started something earlier, could have ended something earlier, um, could have engaged with a person earlier, could have worked with this partner earlier, would have built this feature first instead of another feature. I think there's a lot of those things, as you know, we build one thing and then it turns out, well, this thing, you know, even with the testing and analytics we did is actually not creating the impact. And then we build another thing later, which we deprioritized over the first thing, which has a way, high, way higher impact. And that actually happens, I mean, every other month. We see that every time we build features, we, you know, we prioritize and we make that with judgment calls and data we have available and quite often you have like well we should have done this first over this but you know that's not that's i think is normal and um no generally i would have no again that might be the part of the optimism here again right i don't really see where i could have seen things differently because in the end i think i primarily i did all right i mean again yes if you would put me back freshman year right now things would look very different but i think that applies for everyone in this world now just changing a bit of gears, uh, for your values, what do you think would be the most important that you hold to yourself and what do, do you think is the most important for starting the entrepreneur, someone who just wants to change? Yeah, I think, I mean, so I think there is, I don't know if there's a particular values for an entrepreneur that would not apply for anyone else, in my view. I mean, if you, you know, 
I think there's just you know, that's what you know values and so on are, are for kind of generalizing. I think again the key one is trying to be a good human, um, and that is I mean it's a pretty broad one, um, and and it's. You know, it's in a way is like if you start a business, if you if you build your team, sometimes things are hard and it's, things are tough. Well, you know, always try to look for shortcuts. I love shortcuts, but always try to be a good human, right? Don't don't cause harm. Um, I think is and you know Google back in the day had this don't be evil, and I think that's that's a really important one, right? Because um, when I think when you do that, when you're a good human, your team will be happy. Um, I think you will be more happy. You do things in a you you have integrity, right? What you do. So I think that's a really that's I think you know the general guiding one, and then I think a really important one is to have fun. Um, it's and and that's again like now you know we are a small team now and so on. And my my core objective is like look the things will go all right if we all have fun because even if things don't all right and we had fun, well it was still fun, right? Nothing better. But if things go really well and you didn't have fun, well then maybe it was okay because it went very well. But if things didn't go well and you had no fun, well then it was just bad. So as long as you had fun or try to have fun, almost no matter where the company goes or where you go in your life, well you had fun, so it's it's a good thing. So that's really one of my core values or objectives that I'm trying to achieve with myself and with the entire team. Um, but yeah, I think these these are the key ones, right? I mean, it's it's you can always do, you know, it's an be integer, be. I guess loyal, right? I mean, loyal in a part is with customers and so on, you know, and so on. But yeah, I think it's just being a good human. And as a company, I mean, again, what our core, what we are really trying to do is we are really trying to, you know, kind of democratize off-premise. And what that means is helping merchants to be more competitive against big, like we're looking at SMB in the market, right? Small, medium business in the market, and trying to enable them to be competitive with. The WalMarts, with the Targets, with the McDonalds, right? With with the technology that a lot of them have, but we are the platform to enabling the two. And um, so that's you know that's we, we're driven by that and always trying you know what can we do to increase output to our merchants. That's that's one of our values in the industry we're in. Yeah, but that's how I would would sum it: be a good human and have fun. And I think then you can't do that much more. That's great. And what would you say that was your role models and? If that being a good human, you was just like an insight you had in the past, or just like the way you have of living and like your true values as uh, kind of your religious uh, virtues, or do you say that someone or someone you have a moral uh, role model who shaped you? Yeah, my mom. So this be a good human I heard since I'm born. So I guess it's <laughs> if you would have her, she would say the same thing. No, for sure. I mean, I'm pretty much shaped by my parents, and I guess you know that applies for some people, for others not maybe. Um, no, but my my mom and my dad um, are, and, and my stepdad actually, and my stepmom, my grandparents, my entire family is as a pretty big influence on me. Um, you know, even though I'm German, and we all not considered to be you know the biggest family people. Um, I think you know I, I I got a lot of my values. I got a lot of my how I see the world, how I believe from from, from my my. That's great. That's really nice to hear. And just to finish off, like, how would you give an advice for someone in Wake Forest that might see you as their role model and might uh, hear this interview and might want to try to pursue something, not even only in Wake Forest but anywhere in the world. Uh, what would be your top advice for them, or what would you tell them? Sure. I mean, sure. I think the one thing 
is, um, you know, always, again, I think it works, so be good human and have fun, right? I, like, I guess these are, these are the core guiding ones. When it comes more to entrepreneurship, I think one thing I hold to be true and which actually helped me me starting starting that and I mean I know you when I when I started it so you, you can maybe say that's yes what I'm saying or not um, but as I talk generally to everyone about it like I was not saying I'm having the secret idea I might working on something but I was like this is what I'm trying to do this is what I'm trying to achieve and it might sound ridiculous at parts but generally what it did is it opened up network right it's generally if you are not scared to share what you are doing it has two effects number one you will meet people who you had no idea that they can contribute that they know someone that can be really helpful that you know there might be a customer that, that so there's just if you talk to everyone about what you are doing in a humble way but you know in, in a way you will get a lot of feedback and a lot of network i think that's really important and then the other thing what it does which again if you are your own boss if you are the you know you're the person who wakes up every morning and needs to work no one tells you to well if a lot of people know what you do every time you see them they will ask how's it going and generally for me if someone asks me how it's going and you know half a year ago and then i meet them again and i'm saying I'm like well not at all i have not done it doesn't feel too good so it creates this and again for some people they like it others might not like it but it creates this kind of constant level of in a way pressure of accountability because if you talked about everyone what you plan to do everyone will very likely come back to you and be like hey how's this going how you know can i help with anything and that then keeps you going so it's almost you know, creating an engine behind you that keeps you powering, keeps you going, um, which just makes it easier. So I think these would be my my two top things. And then I think one other one just, which, which just helps is go to sleep when things get bad in a way. And I think that's just always, and it, I think it applies for every, if you, you know, there's times where you will get this email, which is like, you, you get angry about and you want to answer, you know, maybe not as nice as you should. Uh, there is this time where you know something isn't working out and you think at night well should i just quit everything and my general attitude is just whatever i'm going to sleep right now i mean maybe not at noon but you know the evening i go to sleep right now and then you wake up the next morning and the world looks very different so i think you know taking emotion out of things and generally by sleeping over something it takes a lot of emotion out of things and that generally screws things less up yeah i agree a lot and even the first thing you said about talking it over, that was something as well that I learned, not learned, but I really noticed with you. And it's very different, for example, from my own culture home, which we have this, if you're doing something, it's kind of like a, a vetted, like you, maybe your parents know, maybe your very close relatives know, but that's about it. Like no one else can know, just you're always scared of competition. You always care about someone uh, crossing you, you always care about someone taking your idea. And that, like, in a way, sure, it makes, like, it all makes sense for me of, like, being able to, like, just secure that, to have be the first one. But as well, it it never really made sense for me because uh, it always, like, once you keep this all bottled up and always, like, everything, like, in your head, you think is a great idea. And might as well, like, even for you just, like, talking over and just like talking it out loud, you can see like some very easy flaws that you have not uh, as well seen if you're just like inside your head. And that actually I think is very valuable too. And super nice that you brought it up to for us, uh, to for people to do as I think you have to as well surround yourself with people who do give you advice and they're honest with you and they're your friends and like 
I think uh, friendship is a really good thing, but as well, you have to value honesty. And if your friends are not the ones who are actually giving you uh, some proper advice and telling you, like, even though you might not like it, well, you should not think this or like, you know, their actual opinion. I think that it, it you might make it, but as well, it might not be that very beneficial when you have so much resources and so much minds that can think for you. And uh, like same as you said, like the same way it creates a pressure for you to like uh, making goals and making more deadlines and achieving something also can create this engine behind you of trying to like more minds and like disconnected enough trying to help you and in a good way and just like using the good parts of people rather than than their evil but yeah, yeah okay. I think that's I think one interesting point on the copying thing right it's I mean the, the one thing that I always ask myself look I heard a lot of great ideas in my life when I was young I still hear them now what are the odds like how great does an idea need to be how much insight do I need to have that I stop everything that I do to copy that someone's idea and I answered the question always was like, I mean, the odds are like zero. I don't think they can exist. So I think that's when, you know, when 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 people are always like, like, will someone copy it? Will will someone take it? It's just ask yourself, how many ideas have you copied? And I guess, well, if the answer is the idea I'm thinking right now is a copy, well, then well, well, maybe. But otherwise, you know, it just, it, it generally never happens because people are busy. People have things to do. No one switches their life up. Um, and then I think, but you made a really good point around culture, right? So actually one of the reasons why I came to the US and that's where I also was, I mean, my, my family is, while German is, I think, a little more Anglo-Saxon or, you know, a little more US um, educated in parts, is in, in Germany, it's similar, right? In Germany, it's, and that is, I think there's two things why people don't share. The one is because they are scared someone copies, someone's, um, you know, might take it. The other one is failure. Because the moment you share, there is the opportunity that everyone knows about failure. And I think that's where the US culture is, you know, really interesting because and I think that's why you you have a lot of entrepreneurship activity here, right? I mean, it's right now US is still a hub for entrepreneurship. Um, it's because here failure is not really that seen as that bad, right? And that makes it so much easier to talk about. And I mean, now it's almost in the entrepreneurship world, and I'm not sure if I agree with that, it almost gets celebrated. And I think sometimes gets celebrated too much failure, right? I mean, it's still failure. Um, but I think it's healthy that, you know, you can be open about it. And that makes it again, so much easier to share. But um 100% agree and that there is a huge culture component i think to it and kids from different cultures will be very different how they how they can do that just based on their upbringing i think so i think as well is that combined as well with knowing that it's a long journey that's not uh, a simple path the rome was not built itself in one day that everyone just looks at the end goal and the end and everyone sees like oh this person arrived in this place but no one sees actually all the all the the things they had to do before all the things that like made them change in diverse ways and change paths before that it was it's not like a linear thing so i think remembering that and as well i think the hardest part would be trying to motivate yourself and trying to like keep track and i think that's very great insight of that you just gave of creating this machine behind you which is quite interesting to see that I think for most of the people I talk there are trying to do this stuff on their own or are the the head that doesn't have anyone like behind them just saying like do this do that or you have this x time or this y z time to give you something I think that's the most demotivating part is like if they if they can go on a streak where they do much, many things 
but then once they hit like a plateau they kind of just like that the motivation can really turn down their business or really turn down their ideas just because it gets into that that phase that like there is no real, real consequences of just you not doing something which is a great consequence but there's no real direct things going to it so i think that actually is a really good idea to just push the the social aspect to, towards you and towards your benefit so yeah yep. very nice one one other point because you brought it up i think it's, it's so funny and i just had a conversation with one yesterday about this is you know everyone thinks you know it's always the success story right but it's actually a full paradox because everyone says well these entrepreneurs get rich overnight or get successful overnight but then everyone associates with entrepreneurs generally hard workers as you said you know resilience courage and so on well these two things don't go together if you get rich overnight you don't need to be courage you don't need to be resilient right and if you need to be resilient and you need to have courage and you need to be hard working well you don't get rich overnight so i think if people would actually you know bring the two worlds together what they always say about entrepreneurs or about what it takes you you pretty much will figure out that yes it will take i mean for us you know it was we had a ton of growth this year but working on it for three years was like you know growth which was like this right like this like flat line was up and down so i think that's again very people to realize it's look nothing is an overnight success really 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 rarely and even the ones that look like it generally are not that's true that, that's i think if anyone goes to dissect any story that's that's behind it and besides someone inheriting some money or like getting the lord getting on the lottery or something i don't think i've seen any like many stories that you see like this just like this overnight creation of something but yeah that's a really good thing to like not overlook well thank you very much carl it was great to talking to you i hope this uh your insights and your mind goes long way with many other people and can push other people forward or make them reflect a bit and thank you very much again for joining us thanks gabriel thanks for having me bye bye